What is up guys, it's me again, your host, Jalen, here for another podcast of Love and Basketball, the great NBA debates, the number one podcast in the world. We're here for another episode, lucky episode number six. You all probably thought that the series was done, but no, I decided to surprise y'all with another episode, a bonus episode. These last 72 hours in the NBA have been crazy. We're in the regular season, but it's feeling like we're still in the off season with so much that has been happening recently. If you're living under a rock, then you probably have no clue what I'm talking about. But if not, then you do. So let's just hop into these questions for today. All right, so the first question of the day is backup center Jaleel Okafor for the Philadelphia 76ers with guard Nick Stoskis and the 76ers Nick's second round pick was traded to the Nets for power forward Trevor Booker last night. Who do you think won this trade? We already know I like Jaleel Okafor simply because he went to Duke University. Jaleel, he had like so much potential coming out of college. People thought he would be a very good center, which he was living up to during his rookie year, averaging 17.5 points per game and 7 rebounds per game. Those are like some solid stats for a rookie center in today's league. Probably good enough to win rookie of the year. Sadly, during the middle of the year, he tore his meniscus in his right knee, causing him to miss the rest of the season. The 76ers have some type of curse or something with their rookies getting hurt all the time. But the 76ers, they decided to look elseways and they found a new young center prospect, Joel Embiid, the center out of the University of Kansas. He was great in college and they didn't know how Jaleel Okafor would play when he got back from his injury. So basically, they got Embiid for a safe bet. However, Joel, when he came to the team and to the league, he like lit the entire NBA up. His rookie numbers were so good. They were better than Jaleel's, actually. So he then took Jaleel Okafor's starting spot. Jaleel, when he did return, though, he didn't return as some old self. He didn't really play that good, which led to him, like, Joel taking his spot, and it led to Okafor not really having a role on the team. Last year, Jaheel Okafor barely even played, and him just getting traded for Trevor Booker. I feel like the Nets won that trade, even though Jaleel didn't really play that much. Trevor Booker, he's not a great player. Well, I'm not going to say he's not a great player. He's an average player. He's not a superstar or anything, so it's not like the Nets gave up anybody good. Yes, he does start for the Nets, but it's only because it's the Nets. Like, they're not a good team. That's why he's starting. He couldn't start on any other team in the league. They don't have a great team. He's only averaging 10 points per game this year and two assists and six rebounds. Those are mediocre stats. He most likely won't start on the 76ers, actually. So, however, Jaleel Okafor, he showed everyone that he was a great center his rookie year. He'll most likely get to start again for the Brooklyn Nets with a whole new fresh lineup. He'll be playing along with D'Angelo Russell, the point guard who's been playing excellent this year. With Jaleel back on the starting lineup, hopefully he can get back to him old self and playing good again. If so, then this was a smart trade for the Brooklyn Nets and a bad trade for the Philadelphia 76ers. All right, next question. It's looking pretty clear that the Los Angeles Clippers are planning on parting ways with their star center, DeAndre Jordan. His contract ends after next season, and they don't want to risk him signing with another team. 
With the NBA trade deadline being pushed nearly two weeks earlier this year, before the All-Star break, they're looking to get him out sooner than later. Affiliates of the Clippers have been discussing deals with other teams, teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and more. Where do you want to see DeAndre Jordan go? I want to see DeAndre Jordan get shipped out there to the Washington Wizards. I heard that this was a possibility and like I instantly favored it. The Wizards most likely will have to give up their power forward, Markeith Morris, who really hasn't been playing good this year. And also, they probably have to give up a draft pick, which isn't too bad for DeAndre Jordan. If the Wizards could pull off that trade, I feel like they would win it. Markeith Morris had an excellent year last year, but getting injured, he missed the beginning of this year. When he finally played, he really wasn't that good at all. Youngster, though, Kelly Aubrey Jr., who took his starting spot while he was gone, has been playing very good. He looks like a promising future player. Kelly's numbers were better than Morris's, and the Wizards have been playing better with Kelly on the floor, actually. The Clippers, they need depth to their roster, and Morris could be that for them. Also, they look like they are in the rebuilding process and an upcoming top draft pick to draft the talented young prospect could be a great choice for them. Now, the Wizards will have a nice little roster, though. DeAndre Jordan, most likely he would take over that starting spot at center, pushing Marcin Gortat to the bench or even down to power forward because Marcin Gortat, he's a really good center, so he may not have to come off the bench. He may get pushed down. The Wizards lineup, though, would be John Wall at the 1, Bradley Beal at the 2, Otto Porter Jr. at the 3, Gertat at the 4, and Jordan running at the 5. Like, that's a tough lineup. Like, it just sounds really good. Jordan could be that defender that the Wizards need to push them towards the next level. Also, Jordan coming off the screen with John Wall could be a deadly sight. John Wall, he's a superb passer, and Jordan is an excellent finisher around the hoop. So this team could compete with the higher-up teams in the Eastern Conference for this upcoming year or possibly next year. I'm really hoping this trade happens because it could shape the East in a different way. All right, third question. This past Monday, the Golden State Warriors and the New Orleans Pelicans played. It was a very intense game. The Warriors had to make a late comeback after trailing during the entire game. The Warriors pulled it off, but late in the game, a feud happened. Warriors small forward and superstar Kevin Durant didn't like a call the officials made when Pelicans star center DeMarcus Cousins fouled Stephen Curry. Durant then chose to express his opinions towards the ref and towards Cousins. He got in Cousins' face. They both had their foreheads on one another while using some very harsh, intense words. Both players were then ejected out of the game. We are used to DeMarcus Cousins acting like this. He has a history of being a very expressive player. Some actually fear him. However, we are a little surprised by Durant this year. This is his third ejection just this year, and we're only a quarter of the way into the season. What do you think is going on with Durant? Honestly, I feel like it's that whole championship getting to him and the entire league. Like, we know in NBA history, it's been known to see players act differently after they come back from winning a championship. And last year, the Warriors and Durant had a lot of success in the playoffs. They had a historical playoff run to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in the finals in only five games. 
and only losing one game during the entire playoffs. Like, that's a bunch of success. I know that's getting towards Durant's head. Durant easily won his first NBA championship and was named Finals MVP. All that may be making him act differently and feel like he's the man now, all big and macho. Some teams and players really dislike Durant because of this and his decision to sign with the Warriors two summers ago after the Warriors beat Durant and his past team, the Oklahoma City Thunder, in the Western Conference Finals in a comeback series. They were down 3-1. So Durant joining them after getting beat by them, people didn't like that move. Durant, he joined a team that was already dominant. Like, the Warriors were already good, and then Durant joined, making them, like, unbeatable because he was on a superstar team now. Players disliked that choice and him. He was actually a very likable player before this, but after this, a lot of players didn't like him. He was, like, the villain of the league. And with him winning this championship last year, I feel like players don't like him even more because now he has a championship. So, that's why I feel like players are being more rough with him this year, which is leading to him having to express himself and the few incidents that happened this year. Durant apologized, though, after the game and told reporters that he shouldn't have done that and he was upset about his actions. But I feel like he just needs to like block out all the naysayers and all the people in the league who's bashing his name and not liking him because if not then he's going to have even more fuse like he just need to focus on the game of basketball the game he loves so much and stop fighting with these other players before he eventually gets suspended for a long time which will probably hurt the Warriors because he won't be on the floor and he's a star for the team so it will really hurt the Warriors playing ability so Durant just needs to chill all right guys enough with the questions it's about that time. I know you all have been waiting for it. It's time for the debate. All right. So as we all know, the Western Conference is a very competitive conference. But this past offseason, it got even stronger. More stars have signed teams in the Western Conference or have gotten traded to teams in the Western Conference. I know we're far away from February, but the All-Star game is slowly approaching with how dominant the West is right now. What stars do you see not making the All-Star game? Instantly, I have four players that come to mind. First, I don't see Jimmy Butler, the shooting guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves, making the All-Star game this year. And, like, that's so saddening for me to say. I love Jimmy Butler as a player. Not only did he attend Marquette University, but he also played for my favorite team, the Chicago Bulls. Jimmy Butler made the All-Star game for the East these past three years, but with all the great guards in the West... Stephen Curry, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, I just don't see him having a chance of making it this year. Also, Jimmy's numbers this year, as I discussed in a previous podcast, have taken a huge decrease. Last year, while he was with the star of the Chicago Bulls, the offense and the whole team actually was centered around him. Now that he has other elite players on the court with him, he's no longer the centerpiece, which led to decrease in stats this year. Jimmy most likely won't make it this year, but hopefully he steps up his game and makes it next year. Number two, another guard who is getting the short end of the stick this year is probably Klay Thompson, the shooting guard for the Golden State Warriors. Klay Thompson basically plays for an all-star team currently with the Golden State Warriors because that roster is so good. But I don't think he'll be on the court this February 18th in Los Angeles or at least playing on the court because he may still show up to support his teammates because I feel like all of his teammates will make the All-Star game, which kind of sucks for Klay Thompson. Well, not Zaza Pachulia because, like, 
It's Zaza Pachulia. Y'all know he's not making an all-star game. But, like, all his other teammates, like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Draymond Green, all three of them may make the all-star game, but Clay won't. Klay Thompson, like, he has been having a pretty good year this year. His numbers are very identical to last year, still averaging 20-plus points per game. Klay Thompson's game hasn't decreased at all, in my opinion. It's just his competition has stepped it up. Just like Jimmy Butler, Klay Thompson made the All-Star game these past three years. But with the level of play from the guards in the Western Conference, he probably won't make it this year. I do feel like he has a better chance than Jimmy Butler, though. If Klay Thompson can spring forth like a good two months of basketball playing very good, I feel like he may just make it because he's like right on the fence of not making it. Thirdly, I have C.J. McCollum, the guard of the Portland Trailblazers, not making it. C.J. McCollum has never made the All-Star game, though. Not because he's not good, but simply because there's just too many guards. Again, like, it's so many stacked guards out there in the West. It's a huge, great conference. That's why these people probably won't make it. Every year, people always say C.J. should make it. However, this year, now there's even more names ahead of him. Because I think Klay Thompson and Jimmy Butler and Paul George are ahead of C.J. McCollum. I don't even see him getting close this year. His numbers have also decreased this year from last year, but not drastically. His points just went down from averaging 23 points per game last year to now averaging 20 points per game. So just down by three. But those numbers, like averaging 23-point points per game, it's good. He didn't make it last year. Just imagine if C.J. McCollum was in the Eastern Conference, he definitely would make that all-star game. Hopefully, C.J. McCollum eventually makes it, though, because I feel like it would be pretty cool to see C.J. McCollum in the all-star game. I'm a huge fan of him. I like C.J. McCollum. I think his story is kind of like the dark horse. He wasn't good at first, and now he's good. Very similar to Stephen Curry's story, but, you know, Stephen Curry is Stephen Curry. Lastly, I don't see... DeAndre Jordan, the center for the Los Angeles Clippers, making it this year. Last year, DeAndre made it for his first time. In my opinion, that was like a fluke, but it probably was his first and last time making the All-Star game. Unless he goes to the Eastern Conference. Actually, no. No, if he goes to the Eastern Conference, he's still probably not going to make the All-Star game because of all the great centers out there, Hassan Whiteside and... Al Horford and Miles Turner, all those big names I just named, he wouldn't make it out there in the East either. But DeAndre Jordan, he's like a great center, but when compared to other elite centers, his numbers aren't really that impressive. Like, who knows, though? DeAndre could get traded and play some of his best basketball ever and end up making it. You gotta stay optimistic, right? But those were the first four people who popped in my mind after hearing the question. But alright guys, that's the whistle telling me I have to wrap this podcast up. Like I said, those are the four people that I thought of when I heard of who won't make the All-Star game in the West. Do you agree with me or do you not? Let me know. Do you think there's any other players I forgot about who shouldn't be in it or players that should be in it? Also, what do you think about the East? Who do you think will make the All-Star game in the East? Or who do you think will get snubbed out in the East? Let me know what you think down in the comments. This has been another podcast episode of Love and Basketball, the great NBA debates. Maybe I'll see you guys next week, or maybe not. Actually, no, I'm joking. I won't see y'all next week. This is my last podcast. It's been fun. This is your host, Jalen, signing off. Have a nice day. Deuces.